0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are new to the podcast, welcome um, and if you are returning, welcome back. I'll just tell you guys a little bit about the podcast first before we launch into today's interview which I'm so excited about. My name is Kira. Um, I'm an Irish girl and a qualified medical doctor and I share lots of content on my blog, the Irish Balance and this podcast as well as my social media about the power of public health and prevention in medicine, particularly how our lifestyles affect our health, through the food we eat, the exercise we do, and how we manage our stress and our sleep, as well as our social well-being. And I use my content and this podcast to show you how we can empower ourselves to live happy, healthy lifestyles that are full of balance. And that is definitely very much a feature of today's podcast episode. I'm really, really delighted to be joined by two friends of mine, the co-founders of the Reset Retreats, Vicky and Lauren. And today we're going to talk all things realistic self-care. I'm going to let the girls introduce themselves to you first and tell you a little bit about their stories first and then we'll dive right into what the Reset Retreats are about and how to make self-care a reality in our day-to-day lives. So welcome Vicky and Lauren, how are you guys?
1: Great, thank you so much for having us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: My pleasure, it's a conversation I think we've had as friends quite a bit and I saw you guys do a talk about this at Thrive Festival recently and in that moment I was like we need to have this conversation on the podcast because I think self-care had a big moment in 2018 as you guys have written about on your blog and it made it seem unrealistic like social media does to a lot of things and as a result many of us feel a bit lost in terms of how to actually you know prioritize ourselves and I really love the message you guys try to spread about making that realistic and individualized.
2: Yeah, thank you. I think it was something that we are very aware of running our retreats and meeting a lot of women that need to prioritize themselves and don't give themselves that chance. And then sometimes when they do step away and they come on an event or a retreat that we organize, they actually don't even know where to start or what it means and what what useful things they can do, which really help them. Nourish and replenish themselves, um, because we've got lost in all of the sort of buzzwords and you know Pinterest lists that one can find online now, rather than really tapping into what helps us.
0: Absolutely, and I know as your friends, as your friend, that the reset did not happen overnight. I know there was a huge amount of graft and hard work that went into your vision for these retreats. Um, could you tell us how you guys came to co-found it? Because um, obviously. You guys do a lot um, individually and as well as doing this together. And um, I'd love to just uh, for the listeners to just hear those stories just in brief, if that's OK with you guys.
1: Yeah, uh, perfect. And um, so this is Laura my guys. I don't know if you've done a podcast <laughs> with two people before. I it? haven't. You were first <laughs>
0: for me. <laughs>
1: Yay, we're the first. <laughs> um, yeah, so I um, am a multi-hyphener, which basically means I have loads of jobs and not a lot of time to do them. And <laughs> um, I so I used to be in a corporate career, so I worked as an accountant for over a decade. My most recent kind of accountancy job was actually in NAMA, um, and at the time I kind of started studying nutrition more so for myself, um, and then I decided to change careers. So now I work um, as a nutritional therapist, and I kind of pretty much only work with women who have endometriosis. Um, it's a special area of interest for me because I have it myself as well. Um, obviously, I've co-founded the Retreats with Vicky um, and I still work as an accountant as well. Um, so myself and my husband have a property business, so um, I do stuff for that as well.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, I love the multi-hyphener. It, I've actually started to refer to myself as one too because oh, yeah. we're just people who love to take extra things on and then wonder why we can't self-care properly. <laughs> <laughs> pretty
2: much, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, so my background, this is Vicky. um, I'm similarly multi hyphening away, um, having set up the reset with Lauren. I am also a health blogger, which is kind of how I got started in the whole health and wellness scene. um, And came to that after working for over 10 years in the music industry, in the classical music industry. That's what I was doing back in London. Um, And then when I moved to Ireland to Move in with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, in Dublin, I decided to step away from that and see what I could do with um, the health and wellness industry, and have been trying out lots of different hats, really. There, but finally, have sort of settled on training as a coach, and I now um, help other entrepreneurs set up their wellness businesses and their wellness side hustles. Um, to yeah, with all the lessons and the things that I've learned through the blog and through setting up things like the reset, um, helping others do the same. Fame and I still dabble in a little bit of music work as well. So yeah, very much multi hyphening over here as well.
0: But what's brilliant, I think, is that both of you have such um, a, I suppose, a diverse, a diverse, what's the word? Such a difference to how you multi hyphen, if that makes sense. Like they're quite different backgrounds and yet both I suppose is entrepreneurship in its own right. But it comes together in the Reset, I suppose bringing your own life experiences and what your vision is for, for the actual retreats themselves. Like the first thing you see when you look at the Reset website is it's time to prioritize you and I think that's just such a, a bold but also very true statement um, and I'd love I suppose to first talk about the Reset and, and how the idea came about between you guys.
1: Yeah so um, myself and Vicky only know each other like literally just over a year and um, mm. I was doing a nutrition event and Vicky came along um, and we met each other and we went to the pub, as everyone does. As you <laughs> do in
0: Ireland, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and a, a, me, a friend of hers is there and I was chatting to her and I was like, oh, you know, I'd really love to organise a retreat. And then she was like, oh, you should chat to Vicky because she wants to organise a retreat as well. Mm. So it was really just kind of through an initial chat that we started thinking about it. Um, and we just, we, I suppose. From chatting to each other, we realised that we both wanted to go to a retreat, but we actually couldn't find something that we really wanted to attend ourselves. So I like mm-hmm. think retreats are getting really, really, really popular, and there's loads of retreats going right, like lots of like yoga and even meditation retreats. But we wanted something a little bit more holistic, and um, so holistic in terms of giving it lots of different offerings, but really helping people to kind of progress in their lives. Yeah. So, where they are and really make changes and think about the changes that that they want to make because I suppose with the busy lives that we lead we don't often take a lot of time out for ourselves just to have a think about you know where am I right now where where do I want to go what do I want for my life Um, and I think that was the basic kind of ethos of of what the reset is all
2: about yeah yeah for both of us we were just quite keen that the, our retreats weren't going to be a, a mountaintop experience just a sort of one-off wasn't that lovely can you remember when but that yeah. Yeah. we do was yeah. practical and can come back into your everyday life so we're not mm you know, doing hours and hours of yoga, we're not doing hours and hours of meditation, we're not just cooking with weird and wonderful ingredients that you'd never be able to get hold of at home. Everything we try and do is how can you recreate this at home? How can you use this tool when you get back? And it's so lovely to then be able to hear from attendees about how they're still able to use some of those tools in their everyday life, which for us is the real transformation, those like small changes that really all add up to a big impact.
0: I think, that's the thing I love the most about the reset and the ethos behind it is that that piece about bringing it home because it's amazing you know when you go on holidays and you know, you try a whole new cuisine let's say in a new city or you I don't know do your first yoga class or something or you go on a hike like god that was amazing but I can never make it here you know and it's a whole experience that really gave you such a reset but at the same time we need, we need a little reset every day and we need to have strategies to figure out how to do that and how to do it in a realistic way and I think the the way you guys try and bring that home to the people on your retreat is probably the most valuable thing that's just my personal insight but I do think that it is really really important and definitely from what you'd see from a lot of retreats advertised death would probably not come across as the main ethos behind
2: it yeah I think a lot of other retreats we can see as incredible experiences Mm. but not something then that would have value beyond those two days three days five days ten days whatever it is Yes. that for us is producing the journal so that you go away with the tools making audios of the meditations available answering questions about meal prep and how to make this giving people the recipes for everything they eat on a retreat you know that for us is what it's all about so that has a long-lasting effect because otherwise you go away and it won't have really changed and had the impact that we were really keen to see and we thought well if we wanted to invest in a retreat we'd want something that really had that longevity so that's what we're trying to create.
0: And I guess my next question then would be is it for everyone or who is your retreat for and where do you go?
2: Well it's, it is for women, mm. um, we have been asked multiple times whether we do them for men Um, it's very interesting from our point of view and we're obviously very aware men do need this kind of thing just as much as women um, but Mm. we have chosen to focus on women we think it creates a lovely um environment in which women can really open up and be honest and really bond and get a lot from one another i think that's the biggest Mm. thing that we've learned is that um the women that come are of all ages, of all yeah. different walks of life. We've had people right through from twenty two, twenty three, right up to mid sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's wow. age range. Uh, some people who are mums, some people who are entrepreneurs, some people who are, you know, working for other people. Um, some people who are like stay at home. Some people who are retired or coming up to retirement. It really is the full spectrum, which for us has been amazing to see the the kind of content and. Uh, you know language we use in how we market these is really appealing to that wide group and actually the loveliest thing is when you bring all those people together they learn so much from one another Mm. Um, and things that you think maybe as a I don't know for example a 22 23 year old Mm. to someone in their 40s or their 60s they can see a solution and they can help you or they can answer it or they've got a different take and they learn so much from one another that it's really helped Lauren and I Take the pressure off us because we at first thought God we need to answer everyone's problems, and actually we we don't what the big beauty of doing a retreat is facilitating and bringing those women together and they are able to help each other
0: yes absolutely it's kind of I mean I know you talk about the the concept of a supportive tribe that people come away from your retreats with, but that would you say that's kind of what these women would give to each other that sort of support but in a, that sort of tribe that sort of bond like um uh what's the word environment i guess
1: yeah absolutely i mean we've seen people like they, they massively bond with each other even over a couple of days and people do want to stay in contact afterwards and we've got a whatsapp group and facebook groups and um like we plan kind of like little meetups and stuff like that so people can stay in touch And um, but yeah it's like the support and the community that people get from from each other that's really the
2: most important part of the whole experience. Mm. Rather- A big part of what we always say we do on our our longer retreats, we do sort of goal setting at the beginning, you know, where are you now? What would you like to change? What would you like to focus on? And then towards the end, how do you create an action plan? And a big part of that for us and the sort of big statistics that we always use is is around accountability and how important mm. it is to have people in your life that actually can help support you and check in with you and see, are you on track for that thing that you said that was really important to you and that you spent time thinking about? What could you know, how can I help? Can we be of support to you in that accountability role and some people certainly when we were surveying women right at the beginning and setting up the retreats said they struggled to find other like-minded people in their lives to help them be accountable to achieve change Mm. and that's what this community is becoming really this sort of like-minded group of people that can um keep you accountable not and not in a sort of negative way we'd love to find another another word
1: word, because the word accountability just makes it it sounds like somebody's given out to you like somebody's just going to be like yeah it's that thing that you said that you really really want to do and I really want to see you succeed and how can I help you do that
0: Um, and I know what you mean about the word it is it's tricky but I do think that it is accurate if we talk about that as doctors with When we talk to patients about smoking cessation, one of the first things we say is tell your friends and friends and family that you're going to do it because they will know when you're smoking, if you're trying to give it up. And you've told them how important it is to you. And I suppose telling other people why making any change, whether it's smoking cessation or something else entirely, is important. Reminds, I think when when you tell them, they can then remind you of that, particularly when you might not remember it yourself, particularly when it's so hard to make certain changes of of habits that are ingrained.
2: Uh Yeah definitely and I think that's it it's when you've shared this amazing experience where you have really opened up with people and you've got to the nub like we always say if you're setting a goal what is the why like why do you want this what is going to happen what's it going to change what what are you missing out on if you don't do this Mm. and to have that accountability person that can that can remind you remember you said this is why you want to do it this is why you need to stick to it this is why I want to help you it's so valuable to have that reflected back from somebody else because otherwise you're just in your head and unfortunately the um you know uh chimp in your head that just wants the easy life will also a rule um and it's nice to have someone that can just remind you of what the you know the really conscious you wants and wants to achieve
0: definitely and I suppose my next question would be it's sort of along the same train of thought but with the rise in retreats that we've seen and I know obviously it is very much something that not everyone can afford to do and it is a luxury to be able to do it I do appreciate that but at the same time we are seeing a huge rise in that industry it's probably started maybe over a year ago now but it does seem like there's so many whether it's here the UK or elsewhere and of all the, of all different shapes and sizes and I'd be curious from your experience of the retreats you've done so far especially in an Irish context because we are quite unique as a population why you think they've become so popular?
1: Uh... Just genuinely, just because of the limited amount of time people have, Mm. the limited amount of time that people have for themselves and how stressed out they are and and the limited amount of time they have for things like Mm. self-care. So unfortunately, I think we started to think of self-care as something that's, you know, a luxury um, and something that we need to kind of carve time out for. Um, And a retreat, I suppose, in a way can really represent a really good opportunity for somebody to engage in self-care So, to take mm-hmm. specifically for themselves to say okay this is the next for the next two three four or five days I'm just going to concentrate on myself and literally nothing else
0: yeah and I think what kind of strikes me about your retreat is that even if that's the mindset people come to a, um, a retreat in particularly the reset when they leave your retreat what you'd love for them to be able to do is not feel like they're saving up all their self care for the retreat that they're saving money for if that makes sense as yeah. in that it's more that they have strategies to yeah. reset going home every that, that, consistently
2: yeah i think that's it and that obviously we we love and we think our retreats are something that should be available and accessible and something that everyone can come to, but you're absolutely right. It's not the kind of thing that we want people to just be dependent on and say, no. Oh, well, I just do self care once a week, you know, once a year with the reset mm-hmm. and then the rest of the year I'm completely mental frazzled running around, helping everybody else. And I don't prioritize myself, but it's okay. Cause I did that for a weekend. Like that really yeah. isn't the ethos. So yeah, you're right. Like hopefully what we're doing is helping people find a way to prioritise themselves for a block of time and then trickle it into their everyday life so that they don't feel they need, like, in a way... Like making people not dependent on a retreat as yeah. a form of self-care but just a top-up perhaps mm. yeah uh, giving them those tools they can go away with I also think they're popular right now because people do expect a lot more from their free time I think it's the same as we expect a lot more from you know our employers and mm. we have sort of higher expectation of what we want to do with our time we want to squeeze the most out of it and I think mm. if you want to have a getaway you want to maximize what you can get done in that time and I think I'd like to think what we offer really does that. It really covers a little bit of everything so people can reconnect with, you know, movement yoga or Pilates and, and you know, inspire themselves with some fresh cooking or, you know, mm. give give themselves that chance to think about what their goals are for the future. It it, it really it really pushes what they can do with a weekend. Yeah, it's mm. called I
1: think it's the term for its transformative travel. Oh, yeah. It was one of the health and wellness oh. for last year. Yeah. Uh, such
0: an interesting concept. I, 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 it's sort of, I, I reflecting it a little, but I won't digress here. I just, I do find it really interesting because we obviously hear so much about stress, and we do know at a conversation with a guy called Joe O'Brien on my podcast recently about mental health, and we chatted about whether we're less resilient in the face of stressors, or whether there's more stressors to test us, and it's hard to tease that out, I think. And I do, I, I personally would think, I think Joe said this as well that because of how I suppose globalized the world is and how um, interconnected we are all now through technology and largely you know through the medium of social media particularly for particular generations there's just that bit more to react to every day and I think it's maybe not that we're less robust in dealing with it we just haven't had to deal with as many little mini stresses every single day as before because we can essentially never switch off if we so choose not to.
2: Yeah, and I think that your use of the word react there is absolutely right, that we're reacting all the time, we're not responding. We're no mm-hmm. longer, we no longer have that gap anywhere to think and pause and think what is the best way to respond to what I'm experiencing here whether that's social media post or what's happening in the news or what someone just called me to tell me because we fill all of that time all the time with bombarding ourselves with flicking through social media or checking Mm. our emails again or you know we're we're overloaded and we therefore react and let our bodies and our minds Like go into that sort of fight or flight thing rather than taking a pause um, which we just feel like we don't have time to do but is so important for us to maintain that sort of balance um, in the way that you can go through life.
0: Definitely I mean I had an exam yesterday on the day we're we're recording this not the day the listeners will be hearing it but um, part of it was about the effect of working conditions on health which is very interesting and lots of very interesting research about that but um, we had a definition of stress given in one of our slides and I thought it was brilliant actually because I've seen lots of definitions of stress particularly in the module I did last year on health psychology and I haven't found all of them very, um, I suppose I just didn't resonate with them particularly but this one was great and it talked about how stress is a condition that can arise between, uh, what's the word, a transaction between a person, so ourselves and the environment we're in but stress arises when the demands we perceive to be on us as a result of that transaction exceed the resources we perceive to be available, whether that's, you know, social support or our psychological resources or, you know, biologically how our physical health is and where there's a discrepancy there and the demands appear to exceed the resources, um, which I was just reflecting on before talking to you girls, because I think what you try to do with the realistic self-care message is build those internal resources so that when you're in the face of that stress or whatever it is, you go, no, actually, the balance isn't tipping. Not in my favour. I'm going to put the odds in my favour.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that you have to build in that time to take that thought. As, as a coach, I am taught that um, outside external circumstances do not dictate the way that you respond mm-hmm. and outside, you know, an external stressor will will instigate a thought something will pop into your mind which will then make you feel something which will then make you do something and you have a choice about how to think about the situation that you're in but mm. we need to be aware of that like you're saying and um, resilient enough and have the tools enough to go hold on this I'm in this situation what am I going to choose to think about it how what am I going to do and react to it rather than just yeah react and um not give ourselves that that pause and that time to think about um how to do it but it is it is practice and practice 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 because we're so not used to doing that and taking that pause
0: completely um, I'll bring to you what, what I'll do with that uh turn in 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 our chat I will bring us to the self care myths that you guys so epically busted in your um in your blog recently and I think that it would create a lot of nice messages for um, those listening to this episode. Um, Because we've talked about how, we talked about the reset and we've talked about the concept of retreats. And obviously we know that um, they are, as I said, they can be a luxury and they can be something that we might save up for and treat ourselves to. But you guys are also doing um, events in Dublin as well. And I think it's great that you're using your blog and those events to try and bring some of the reset ethos to people day to day. And maybe in a less, uh, uh, I suppose, costly manner, you know? You're yeah. doing um, events with, it's a Beulies? Is it a Beulies or is it with Lula Lemon? I can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember. We're
1: doing um, a summer series. So it's, it's basically like we were kind of reflecting back on our own corporate careers, I suppose, and finding the time of day that we would have been the most stressed out. And we were like, first thing in the morning, like usually first thing in the morning, the only thing you do is lay in bed or scroll through Instagram or run to the gym and stress yourself mm. out even more. So we were like, what could we do in the morning that would be nice? So we're having like mindful mornings upstairs in Bewley. So our next one is the first Thursday of June. And and it's just like a really nice chance to connect with like-minded people. You just have a few chats. It's really informal. We talk a little bit about the benefits of meditation and then set people off just a little meditation so they can be nice and calm before their day properly starts.
2: Lovely. A big part of what we always do and the way that we lead any of our conversations Really is a conversation they're never a lecture you know mm. we obviously have some points that we like we like to get across and some tips that we like to infuse in there but actually what we've learned from the retreats and we bring even to these sort of little five euro mindful mornings is we, you can learn so much from the other people that are here and it was yeah. incredible even the one we did earlier this month just the different tips the different apps people are using their different approach when they choose to meditate how you know what worked for them what blocked them how can you overcome it just, just we just try and have that as a conversation so it really inspires you and engages you rather than just feeling like you've been told what to do
0: definitely I think that's Brilliant and I think that's we can always learn from a conversation with someone you know even if it's perhaps not a conversation that uh, starts out well it can end up that way and you can really learn from people um I think that's a really powerful thing to bring absolutely um what I'll do is I'll bring us on to I don't know if, people, if the listeners haven't seen it it's a really great article on your website about busting some self-care myths and I thought it would be really nice if we chatted through them and if you guys maybe expanded on them a little bit does that sound like a plan yeah,
1: yeah absolutely, absolutely.
0: Perfect okay number one it's kind of like a quick fire even though I said I wasn't doing quick fires (laughs) in my podcast um self-care requires resources you don't have discuss
1: yeah so um I suppose like self-care has become very fashionable and it does kind of conjure up those images of like instagrammable bubble baths and spas and even retreats. So like in a way, we're supposed to we're supposed to be telling people to come on a retreat, but we're telling people not to come in the retreat.
2: But <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: I suppose you don't need loads of time. You don't need loads of money to engage mm. in self care. Like chances are, there's a few things that you picked up from a goodie bag, like a face mask or a hair mask or something that's just, you've been hanging on to and saying that you were gonna do for ages that you could like do right now. Or you mm-hmm. could like talk to a friend that you haven't chatted to in ages. I know myself, it's the first thing to my go out the window when I'm really, really, really busy is I totally neglect my friendships and I don't talk to people as, as much as I should. And it's the one thing that makes me feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just in terms of like money, you don't need to spend loads and loads of money to engage in a little self-care. You could sit down with a colouring book. You don't even need to yeah. buy an adult colouring book. You could go and buy a, I don't know.
2: Get a kiddie one. Yeah, Smart free ones. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. anything. So it's, yeah. Not, it's not about how much money or how much time you have or mm-hmm. how Instagrammable things yes. are. It's about finding something that really nourishes you and just helps you in terms of your own self-care.
2: I
0: love the point you made about friendship because I think a lot of people listening, myself included, would agree that we're all guilty of that. Definitely. Um, I would cut yourself some slack there, Lauren. Honestly, it is definitely (laughs) something that we all do. And it's funny because when you do make, it's something I've really, really tried to prioritize this year, particularly because I have a tendency to, um, first, when I get really, really busy, I'm like, okay, I know I'm meant to be the Irish balance, but, uh, (laughs) and it, it really does. It gives you, what i like to call the invisible lift it's a concept that i learned about through um the blue zones and which i'll expand on in a separate podcast topic and not diverge into now but the people in the blue zones where people live the longest healthiest lives talk about the invisible lift they get from really engaging in their community consistently and it's just that weight off your shoulders just from laughing with someone or connecting with someone and sharing a problem Mm
2: -hmm. and that's it and that's free and that is available to you at any time you can pick up the phone you can arrange a coffee you can connect in real life you know we spend so much time thinking oh, I saw that they posted a lovely picture of themselves at the weekend on Facebook. I don't need to call that person. Yeah, you you still do. You Mm. actually never know what's going on with people and it it can really lift them and lift you by really connecting properly, fully with people. Um, And I've just visited friends recently up in Glasgow and I was so conscious. I had my phone away whenever I was in the room with them and staying with them because I wanted to be fully present there with them and making the most of that opportunity. I don't get to see people sometimes in real life all the time particularly people that live away so Mm. like being you know squeezing the most out of that opportunity and really being with people I think is 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 free you know that you could go and do that and hang out with friends and making that part of your weekly routine am I checking in with someone
0: absolutely I think it should be part of weekly routines particularly I listened to a podcast recently it might have been the high low but they were talking about that weird period in people's in women particularly I think their late 20s when you sort of evolve I mean I'm I'm only 28 I know that like I'm writing a memoir but you do you you do evolve and you do evolve as a person it's a time of, of really really um slow but but continuous change and friendships are like a cornerstone of that and they are so so important and yet because you're doing so many things and you feel like you have to be a success story overnight in your career whatever it might be you can often neglect it and it is the one thing that we shouldn't neglect because it, it definitely does directly affect you know how you're just how you're checking in with yourself and someone being able to help you from their perspective.
2: Yeah I think also I know so a couple of other people, um, Chris Pinner and um, Camilla that I've interviewed on my um, blog have said mm. what they try and do sometimes is is uh, sort of portion up the year and say, right, for this quarter of the year, I'm, I'm going to focus on my career and my work right now, which means I won't have quite so much time for friendship and, and for doing those other things. But... I'm going to make sure that's a priority once this part of my life is done. I'm going to focus on this and sort of consciously think about it a little bit more rather yeah. than constantly spending our whole lives feeling guilty that we haven't done this and we should have done that. And we should, you know, have, have to speak to so-and-so, but you didn't have the time yeah. Actually, consciously making that decision. How am I spending my time? Am I focusing here right now? Or could I be doing, you know, something else um, to be topping myself back up? So yeah, making that a conscious decision rather than just feeling guilty all the time.
0: Fantastic. I think we have thoroughly debunked that myth and hopefully inspired everyone to call a friend. My dad has a real bugbear about this. He's like, Will you stop texting and just give them a ring? And to be fair, he is one hundred percent correct.
2: Yeah, we're allergic to phone calls. Yeah. We are. We're both terrible at it anyway, but it is it is good to call. I do try.
0: It is. I feel like I make a halfway because I've become a huge fan of voice notes and They actually warm my heart. Like I love sending them and receiving them. And it just sometimes just gives you that lift in a day. I've almost started. It's not because I have lazy fingers, although I probably do. But like they're lovely. I really enjoy doing those. Um,
2: I need to get into them more. I'm a bit like I I often receive them. Like I'll receive yours and be like, oh, I'll listen to that later because I can't listen to David's watching the football. And then I forget that I've got them. So, yeah, I need to need to make them and need to embrace them a bit more.
0: Well to be fair, minor, generally me talking as I think, which really never makes for a short voice note, so you kind <laughs> of have to set aside a bit of time <laughs> anyway, let's move on to myth number two so self-care is anything that suits you. this is very interesting to me, so I'd love to hear you guys um, expand on it a bit.
2: Well- This is one of my favorite ones because it's quite controversial. Um, Mm. I think what we started off when we did the talk at Thrive and I think I put into the blog post is a few things that you might be like, yeah, that counts as self-care, doesn't it? But actually you might need to reflect a bit more on. So, you know, that Netflix binge that you do every single night, three or four hours every evening and take, you know, the laptop Mm. to bed with you. Oh, that's self-care, isn't it? You know, I've been working really hard all day. You know, oh, uh, okay. Is that self care? Is that not self care? I don't know. Uh, things mm. like, oh, well, I had dealt with my mother in law all weekend, and so I'm just going to sit down and polish off a bottle of wine. You know, that counts as self care because I've been so brilliant at dealing, you know, dealing with terror yeah. this weekend. Um, or, you know, I don't know, polishing off a whole bar of chocolate, or, um, you know, oh, I'll just press the snooze button. It doesn't matter. I won't go to the gym again this morning. And I think all of those things can be self-care in small amounts Mm. where we really need them and sometimes nothing beats you know hanging out in your pajamas chilling in front of netflix and really switching off and just indulging in something that you love but if those things are coming up time and time again and are actually getting in the way of what you really want to do or making you feel worse rather than better then i think we do have to reassess whether we can call that self-care
0: i think that I know you said it might be controversial, but I, I I can understand why it might sound that way. I just don't, I don't think it is because the way, to me anyway, because it's something that has come to the fore in my work as a doctor when I take a medical history from a patient. And sometimes you do identify a behavior that isn't a coping mechanism, or at least it's not an adaptive coping mechanism. It's a crutch. And anything that's a crutch in excess can potentially be um you know maladaptive and harmful and as you say there's absolutely nothing wrong with a day in your pjs and there's some days when that is all you need and you need to watch all of coach carter or dairy girls or whatever it is on netflix i don't know because i I really tried to ban myself from it because i would go down a rabbit hole but what i'm saying is it's about moderation of what helps i guess is i think that's probably what you're saying as well and not using the same thing as a crutch over and over again
1: yeah it's, it's the kind of the, the mindfulness of the activity so kind of mm-hmm. thinking you know reflecting on the activity afterwards to say you know did, did that actually make me feel better? Mm-hmm. Did it make yeah. me feel more relaxed? Did it make me feel like I can go again the next day that I'm refreshed? Oh. And when a lot of these activities actually
2: just really don't do that. Yeah because yeah because if you've done five nights of Netflix binging and you're thinking I really wish I had called that friend or you know yeah. done on that meal prep or you know tidied tidied the house so I feel a bit fresher in the morning or you know all these other little things that you told yourself you were going to do if it's getting in the way of that then actually it's not making you feel better overall it's actually getting in the way of what you want to achieve and what's going to keep moving you forward and make you feel better
0: I think that's yeah I think that's exactly the way I would put it as well I think it's I agree it's about What's the word. Being like you say, Lauren, being mindful of whether it made you feel better and reflecting on that Um, and maybe thinking about trying something else. If you think that that thing didn't work, Um, which actually brings me to our third myth, which is that self-care is the same for everyone. Yeah, and myself
1: and Vicky are probably a really good example of this. Yeah. I am a self-confessed introvert. I love introverting, being my own, just kind of hanging out. <laughs>
0: not,
1: not, not on my own, being with my dog, mostly, actually. But, um, you know, even after the Thrive Talk, like, I needed some time out to myself. Like, that was what self-care was for me. Or even after our last retreat in Portugal, um, all the guests had left, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go upstairs and enjoy a little bit of sunshine, just kind of hang out. I read a book for a little bit. And... Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Vicky is the polar opposite so you know everyone had left and she was like right I need a to do list to tackle so you know uh, there are two extreme examples of what self-care are for both of us and you know I could easily go oh my god I feel so bad like Vicky's like sitting down and she's ready to go again she needs to work mm. but you know that wasn't what I needed what I needed was to decompress and be on my own and go you know what I'm going to fill myself back up again before I can, I can serve anyone else yeah. and so it's really trying to understand like what what is your personality like and what's your character like and what do you actually need in terms of self-care and not comparing yourself to anybody else and going oh well that person just seems to keep going all the time and I need more time I need more relaxation I need more just time on my own just to, to go again so it's really just trying to be aware of that and be really compassionate with yourself I suppose when it comes to
2: it yeah and I think that's where you know I, I touched on right at the beginning um, Kira when we were talking about this idea that oh I'll just go on Pinterest and I'll, I'll search self-care and it comes up with 50 great self-care things to do and you're like great I'll just work through these 50 things and then I'll feel brilliant mm. but, um it doesn't work like that it's so individual um for me I, I even said to my husband last night, I got into bed and he's like, how, you know, how are you doing? How was your day? And I was like, I feel amazing. And that is simply because I had a to do list. I ticked loads of stuff off. The house is tidy. Like, you know, everything's yeah. in place. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I've got a schedule. Like that is what's topped me back up. And I've had time to switch off and have a glass of wine in the evening to yeah. you know to celebrate. Like that was my way of having a really good day and taking care of myself. Um, which is completely different for everybody else, and I'm not going to feel guilty about that. So I, we always say with this tip, make a list of your of things for yourself, things that you like doing, um, and, and look at that when you find yourself you know, scrolling through Instagram again for the nth time or, you know, resorting to another Netflix binge. Hold on, can I do something else that really tops me up that might mm-hmm. mix things up a little bit here and do what makes what feels right for me is self-care.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think you've both put that so well. Um, It really is so important to have the thing that works for you. Like you see, I think, I'm sure everyone has been on social media and seen somebody, you know, put on their story or screenshot like a bath, you know, on a Sunday night, like hashtag self-care. And that's not that that isn't self-care for that person. It is. But I personally hate baths. They just really freak me out. I don't know why. They just do. Um, I'm a shower girl through and through, but I... Like, for example, I came home from Wellfest on Sunday and after doing like two speaker events for the first time over the weekend, I was almost hung over from all the stimulation of the day. And like, it was amazing. It was the most amazing experience. But I came home and I opened up my social media as, I, as you would. And my Instagram had exploded as, you know, as happens when you do an event and that's expected. And I very much welcome people following and it's amazing to connect. But I saw it and turned my phone off and didn't touch it for like four hours and just sat did some study had dinner with my family and four I think might have been five hours later I opened it up and I was like okay now I feel ready to spend a half an hour going through this doing a post putting my thoughts together and then just put it away again and it it was the best thing I could have done I think you do have to just figure it out or figure out what works for you and it does definitely take time it really really does and it doesn't mean that you can't self-care or that it's complicated it just means that you haven't found the way that that works for you yet I guess
2: yeah yeah just be kind to yourself and keep exploring and keep seeing what works try try different things but yeah don't just assume it has to be the same as someone else
0: like even in your blog I think you said it can be as simple as literally just having a cup of tea and just sitting there for five minutes and going cool (laughs) you know uh, which 100% sure everyone would agree tea is self-care absolutely (laughs) Now I'll bring us to the last one because um, this is just the most interesting conversation, but um, I do have to keep myself focused when I'm interviewing. Uh, so self-care is optional. Bust.
1: Yeah,
2: Ugh, this is the worst. Um, and this could, actually when we were doing it at Thrive brought up quite a lot of interesting things because I think some people um, are very altruistic and they want to spend a lot of their time, Giving to other people and helping other people and being there for other people and putting everybody else first. But fundamentally, what we were trying to say with, with this particular myth is there's nothing wrong with that. And obviously being there for other people and helping other people. But the foundation of everything that you do and your, your ability to help and be of service and be part of this crazy world and the human experience is looking after yourself first and that that isn't an option because if you miss that step, actually I was just talking to a client this morning about exactly this, you can get so caught up in, you know, ticking off things and doing what your boss has asked you to do and doing that thing for your family and going to run into that party and, and making sure you've served everybody else that you miss looking after you and you will eventually burn out and you'll eventually uh, not feel, as fulfilled unless you are putting yourself first as the very baseline on which to build and go out and do everything else in life so Mm. we would say that that self-care piece is not optional and it doesn't mean that you're putting someone else in you know your needs in front of someone else it's actually about being a better service to everybody else by looking after yourself first
0: yeah definitely i couldn't agree. I don't think there's anything that I would add to that I just think I agree like it's we used I used to say to the doctors last year when I organized the well-being events at James's that like we really can't look after patients in the most efficient and effective and compassionate way if we're not topped up ourselves like at a, a physical and mental level you just can't you, you literally can't
2: mm-hmm. yeah no I totally agree I think it's it, it can a, a lot of the message we kind of got back when we were talking to the groups about this was it feels selfish and it feels mm. you know, indulgent. And, yeah like indulgent it's so weird to think that it's actually
1: indulgent to take a couple of minutes out of the day for yourself yeah. like that's
2: where we've gotten to and yeah it's crazy when you think about it it's that that message of you know if you can't meditate for 10 minutes in a day you need to be doing it for an hour it's that that kind of message of it's okay to spend just 10 minutes a day doing something for you whether it's like you were saying sitting down and having a cup of tea or calling a friend or reading a book that isn't that isn't indulgent that is what you need and if you've identified that's something you need to just top yourself back up you can then hit the world again and give it your all
0: and I wonder would you agree it just kind of struck me as a thought I thought I'd bring it up that maybe the way because I would agree I think there is a perception that you know there was a hashtag a while ago hashtag self-care is not selfish and I think it was I don't know where that came out of really but part of me thinks it, it stemmed from an over complication of the concept in the first place if that makes sense that like you know oh you're really selfish because you're having a bubble bath on a Sunday night or you know because you're you can't you know in quotation marks meditate and again it's an over complication of a concept that's really just about protecting a positive um, mental health space
2: yeah and again I, I don't know like sharing it on social media and they're immediately reading those connotations of comparison and judgment about mm. it um actually self-care isn't about what's instagrammable or saying to people i'm switching off and going on a digital detox or or showing you bubble bath it's just doing what's right for you and not needing to compare that or judge your way of doing it or someone else's way of doing it it's tapping in and doing what's right for you
0: definitely um i think that was a really interesting conversation and i thought they were great myths to just clarify maybe bust and clarify at the same yeah. time so thank you both for that um, the last thing i'd like to ask you is I asked my all my um, my guests in the podcast this if you could tell the listeners one thing that they could bring into their lives to create more of an Irish balance. Now, if they are listening not in Ireland, this doesn't mean they can't have an Irish balance too, but just more of a bit a balance to their lives, I guess. You can pick one each or you can go together.
1: Um, I think a bit like a big thing that I've kind of been reflecting on recently is like comparison and I just think we just have just way too much of a tendency to compare ourselves to other people in whatever aspect of life that is Mm. and it's something that can be just really 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 damaging and can really limit ourselves as well because if we're constantly thinking about what other people are doing we're not really concentrating on what we're doing Um, and so I think that's kind of the big thing for me at the moment or the big thing that I'm trying to do to achieve more balance is to try and stop comparing myself as much and i think even when we talk to women on the retreats it's a massive theme that comes through as well
0: and yes so i would totally agree and i think that's something it's a concept i'm gonna I i want to do more of a social media um benefits versus risks podcast episode at some stage i have a guest in mind for it but i think it's it's definitely a fundamental part of that conversation and really, really being aware of it. So that's a brilliant. One, thank you for that. Um, do you have a separate one, Vicky?
2: Yeah, I would. I would say something I've been more aware of, and certainly in the last few months, is this concept of the sort of compound effect. This idea that just do one small thing every day, and that is going to add up to big change in your life. So if it's just one small thing, if it's meditating for ten day, ten minutes a day, or if it's having a cup of tea and doing that mindfully, or if it's you know, doing a, a yoga video on YouTube, just, don't, you know, don't try and change the world and do it all in one go, mm. you know, kind of New Year's resolution attitude to it, all or nothing, just do yeah. it. One small thing and keep the keep the consistency up and keep building on it keep showing up for yourself being kind to yourself um and that having the biggest impact and creating you know rather than it like I say being all or nothing that will get you that balance um Mm. but keep you moving forward and get you changes way more effectively than trying to reinvent the wheel and completely throw out everything and change it all in one go so yeah I'd say find one thing that you you really want to change and you really want to work out and do that consistently and build on it until it becomes a habit.
0: I love that. Consistency over intensity. Definitely. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, girls, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such an interesting conversation and I really do hope that those listening thought the same. Um, I would love, Pete, if you guys could tell the listeners where to find you online, where to find the reset online and highlight um, any upcoming um, events that you have that you want to flag or... Um, personal or whether it's um, reset related i know you mentioned one in june so um just if there's something you'd like to let the listeners know about
1: yeah so you can find this um we're on most social media channels but we're mostly active on facebook and instagram so we are and um, the reset under slash me um, and our website is www.reset.me and okay. um, we have two more uh, Connect and Calm events coming up they through uh, the first Thursday of every month in June and July and um, so that's just 45 minutes on a Thursday morning and um, We also have a vision boarding workshop coming up. That's on June 9th uh, so It's a Sunday and uh, so that's just gonna be a really nice morning where we're gonna talk a little bit about the law of attraction um, and We're gonna be giving people the opportunity to make their own vision boards because it's something that people always want to do But they never find the time to do and we also have a day retreat coming up in September um,
2: and all the details are on the website for that. Lovely. And we're going back to Portugal again next Yay! week Yay! Um, for the bank holiday weekend, bank holiday in Ireland. Um, so the weekend, I think it's 14th to the 17th. The dates are back to yeah. beautiful Casa Buzetta, which is on the Algarve. Um, and again, all the details are on the website. That's a five night break.
0: And you had such a successful first venture into that this year. And so congratulations again. I know I've said it in person, but it just looked absolutely incredible. Like what a venue. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, I know. It looks so brilliant. So many of the guests saying, I feel like Beyonce. And it actually, <laughs> actually is like that. It's, it's just a fabulous place. And we love being able to bring people there.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you for bringing a reset to my podcast and to busting some self-care myths for everyone listening. I really appreciate your time. I and mean- it was lovely to have you on
2: thank you very much for
0: having us no problem listen guys I hope you really enjoyed this episode if you did just let us know pop a comment on the podcast or drop a message to myself Vicky or Lauren and on social media we're on Instagram and Twitter or you know where to find the blog as well and yeah stay tuned for next week's episode I really hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did bye